Hello and welcome to The Bulletin and Beyond. My name's Kimberly Price and this week Katrina Lovell and Nick Ansell talk us through all the latest headlines from across the southwest. Katrina, you're our Warrnambool City Council reporter and this week there's been a bit of a situation arise with a council survey and councillors speaking out about whether it should be released to the public or not. Um, Can you give a bit of clarification over what this survey is? Uh, Well, this is just uh, a survey that any company or organisation will usually do within their own uh, businesses and organisations just to find out what staff think and and how the organisation is running. Who knows what it says, but um, the majority of the councillors decided that they thought that the public needed to hear parts of what the staff was thinking and feeling, and Councillor Nia spoke out in the paper last Monday calling for part of it to be released. He said that he would take a motion to Monday's public council meeting. That's now not going to happen. Um, The CEO has used his authority to step in and say, no, that's not going to happen. It seems the feedback he was getting, and it seems at least one other councillor that I've spoken to was getting from staff and members of the public, um, was that they didn't want it to be released. Three councillors said that uh, they didn't support the move to release any part of it, and the councillors that did want it released didn't want to release every detail, every comment, anything that might be breaching any confidentiality. They just wanted pretty much the gist or the trend of what, what staff were feeling to be made public. Um, but, you know, there, um, three councillors um, decided that they didn't think that that was even worth doing that because um, their understanding was staff were told this is confidential, it's confidential. And then all of a sudden um, the rules are changed and we're going to release some of it to the public. So, you know, there's, there's obviously a differing opinion of whether it should or shouldn't be released. And obviously the community is divided on that. Some think it should be and some think it shouldn't. We've had a huge community response from this as well with people supporting both sides. So I guess in your experience, you know, being a council reporter, um, has a survey like this been released to public before or and do you think it should be? Um, well, it's not for me to say whether it should or shouldn't be. But in the past, I don't think the council, to my knowledge, has released it because they are done confidential uh, under the guise of confidentiality, they've not ever gone out of the way to, to make it public. Um, about a year ago, I was given one of them, and I'm, I can't off the top of my head remember what year it was from, might have been from 2018 or somewhere back there, um, I was given a copy of their internal staff survey, you know, which basically showed that some of the staff weren't happy. And uh, now the CEO is coming out and saying, well, you know, they're going to address some of the issues that probably are long-term, and the mayor even refers to these are long-term issues. It's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to take some time, and they're going to work on that. Um, has it been addressed correctly in the past? You know, it's not for me to say, but clearly there's still issues there that need to be addressed. So that, that's where we're up to. So at this stage, it won't be made public, and it's going to be dealt with in-house. So let's hope that, you know, that it is dealt with and... Um, staff can feel appreciated and by not just their workplace but by the community. And in other news this week, Katrina, you covered the long-running saga over whether horses should be allowed to train on Warrnambool Spookies Beach. Can you tell me a little bit about how the COVID-19 pandemic has come into this issue? Well, when the um, pandemic hit, the horses that do train on Lady Bay Beach, they'd not long got back on there. I think at the beginning of March, they started training on Lady Bay Beach and then COVID-19 hit and along with, you know, there was some discussion about whether even 
we were allowed to be on the beach. Um, so the horses came off the beach for about a month and, you know, they were willing to do their part. But, you know, as restrictions started to lift, they needed to get back on there and need to be able to do it safely. And, you know, that is part of their workplace. It's all about how they see it. So obviously the, the racing club's been focused on, you know, getting those horses training on Lady Bay Beach. And, you know, there's still some discussion about um, the cultural heritage plan that's needed for Spooky's Beach, which they've been working on with traditional owners of the land. Council voted to have a stakeholders meeting because there's some confusion about who thinks what. That meeting hasn't been able to take place. COVID-19 means people just can't get together. You know, the Racing Club hasn't even been able to progress that cultural heritage plan any further or due to COVID-19, which means the stakeholder meeting is not going to happen. There is some differing opinion on, you know, whether they should or shouldn't be pursuing Spookies, but that as yet hasn't been decided whether they're going to abandon their plans to get there or not. Everything's still um, ticking along, but the focus has been Lady Bay and not Spookies. So COVID-19 has just kind of held everything up, I think. Put everything back in limbo a little bit. <laughs> yeah, limbo seems to be a word I use a lot with the horse racing plan for Spookies Beach. Nick, this week has been a bit of a weird week for you guys, doing a lot of feature pieces uh, in our paper. One of the ones earlier in the week was on the Hampton League players going up to Queensland to play footy. Um, tell me a little bit about what was behind their decision. Yeah, so that was a really good get by uh, Sean Hardiman, one of our one of our sports reporters. He, um, three Cobden players, um, have basically decided that. They are going to head up to Port Douglas and have a crack at footy up there as their season is unaffected by COVID-19. Cobden were really happy to let them head up there and, and have a go at that with no Hamden League footy on this year as a result of coronavirus. Yeah, they want to go up there and have a crack and it's a really good lifestyle. I know, you know, having a job in Cairns straight out of university, it's a um, it's a beautiful spot and the footy league up there is, um, is surprisingly pretty strong. So um, I think, yeah, that'll, it'll suit them to the sit them down to the ground really it'll uh, it'll be a good test yeah definitely you sort of don't hear um too much about queensland and football they're sort of more rugby orientated up there so will definitely yeah. be a different lifestyle for them for sure yeah definitely it's a can't a bit of a funny one to be honest it's um it's such a it is such a rugby league is king up there but um there's an awful lot of expats victorian new south wales expats and you know south australians and whatnot who um, really love to, to, to still play footy, and, and as a result, the league is um, is, is really really strong. Um, it's uh, the challenge, obviously, is the humidity and the heat. Um, it's not often that uh, you know you're going you're to get 35 degree days uh, in July, or you know anything over 30 degrees down this way, mm-hmm. as we all know. So um, you know, running around and, and playing footy in such difficult conditions, basically, um, is going to be a real test for the guys. Yeah, definitely. There's barely over 20 degree days down here, so it'd be very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. In another story this week, Nick, you spoke to an ex-pro cricketer um, who's made a pretty um, tough decision on on his love for the for the sport. Can you tell me a little bit about that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. It was great to chat with Tim Lubman, who obviously uh, is from Naranda originally. Went off to play with South Australia and um, had a pretty successful stint in the Big Bash League as well with the Adelaide Strikers and Melbourne Renegades. So um, always good to chat to Tim. He's based in Geelong now where he has been coaching for the last couple of years. As a result, has um, he's sort of pulled the pin. Um, not... He hasn't sort of certainly said that he won't be playing club cricket in the future in Geelong, but 
Um, he's got a new career uh, with an auctioneering firm and just had a baby girl. So um, I think for him now, life will sort of be heading in a different direction, which is a little bit different to uh, what he's been doing over the last 10 years, which is um, hitting and catching cricket balls, you know, every day, of the, every day of the year, basically. So entering the next phase of life, but he sounds really excited and keen to have a go at it. Great. And, and finally, there is some footy back um, and we have a starting date for the junior Hampton League players. Tell me the latest on, on, their, on their season. Absolutely. So the Hampton League's been working really hard to um, you know, salvage any form of junior season. They've always been really, really keen to do it. Um, there's going to be some Wednesday night matches which feature in the um, you know, new look sort of coronavirus-impacted junior football and netball draw. Um, which is really unique. We we never see Wednesday night, you know, junior footy or anything like that. So um, that'll certainly be, you know, a bit of a talking point. And it'll be good to see some of the kids um, who are, you know, very talented footballers, a lot of them. This will probably encapsulate grades up to under 18 halves and, and everything like that as well, which is um, a lot of those boys have had a taste of, you know, senior action, basically. So, you know, other games will be played on Saturdays and the Sunday competition is going to move across back to Saturdays in the absence of senior footy. So, uh, yeah, really interesting times, but I think a lot of footy fans, footy and netball fans locally will be um, really, really keen just to, to see any form of life stuff, even if it is, you know, junior stuff, which is still very competitive and, 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 and pretty intense at times. So Fantastic. So netball, is that going to be on Wednesday nights as well or sticking to the weekend? Yeah, yeah so it'll be footy and netball as well. Um, it'll, it'll, yeah, so it's going to be a 10-game home and away fixture um, so it'll be games on Wednesday nights and games on Saturdays. So no times have been uh, definitively released as of yet. We're expecting to see those next week, so it should be interesting to see how it shapes up. Don't forget to subscribe to The Standard through our website for all our stories and features. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country, the Gunditjmara people, and the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This has been a Warrnambool Standard production.